nil. Rolling up from the rookery end. Welcome to From the Rookery Inn, brought to you by The Athletic. It's Saturday, Colin, and we're doing the podcast differently today. We thought we'd do a little bit before the game. That was your idea. Was it because you think maybe... <laughs> let's, let, let, let's, let's capture some positivity. Well, I mean, when we walked to Old Trafford last Sunday, we were all very optimistic on the way to the ground. And then, of course, the podcast is sort of a bit gloomy and because we've lost again. And uh, so I thought this week maybe it would be an idea to have a little chat beforehand, John, and uh, try and build a bit of optimism into the beginning part of this podcast before the inevitable <laughs> <laughs> doom and gloom at half past seven. But you did just, the minute we, you, we, you, I saw you, the first thing you sort of said, you went, oh... Oh, Bournemouth and, and West Ham are winning. I told you that, that Bournemouth are drawing, and they were as, as we I last looked. Do you, do, you, do you look at the other results and really think they mean something to us? Because, you know, it's just another game for them. Yes. <laughs> yes, it means something. Brighton lost. They, they lost 1-0 at Palace. That's good. That means that if we win we, we, today um, in some parallel universe <laughs> um, we, we're only a point or a couple of points we dragged them right back into it and then to see that Bournemouth and West Ham are winning just made me feel a bit like oh gosh that's hard now we've got to win yeah. otherwise we're going to get cast adrift again so to find out that Bournemouth have drawn that's that's a good thing that's given me a bit of a lift actually John okay well we're going to get a lift when we go into Vicarage Road yeah. Colin I believe this is going to be good we yeah, on the podcast that Adam and I did on uh, Thursday looking ahead we talked about the fact that the first Liverpool game this season away at their place had been the start of, of, of what was a great run because we got something out of that game not points wise but performance wise yeah. uh, and we've got I think I haven't looked at it properly the, the same team that started away at Anfield yeah I mean I think the key thing about Liverpool and I, and I bang on about this for anyone who's willing to listen to me in the pub is that the only way that you can stop them really hurting you can't sit back and contain them like some good teams you can do that against City we've seen that other teams do that and City get frustrated and it doesn't happen with Liverpool because they've got these fullbacks these crazy fullbacks that come marauding forward so if you sit back you invite them on plus the three in midfield plus the three up front so the first thing you've got to do as a team is you've got to carry some threat out wide because you've got to make Alexander-Arnold and Robertson think about defending. And if you don't make them think about defending, they will be in your box crossing the ball. So I think with Saar, who's playing today, has come back into the side, and with Delefeu, both quick, quick players, if we keep them out wide on the touchline and we can get the ball to them, that will force those two fullbacks to have to look over their shoulder. It's, it's quite possible that Delafoe can get in behind Alexander. It's quite possible that Saar can, can do Robertson for pace. And that's what we did at Anfield quite successfully when we had the ball. When we didn't have the ball, we were nice and tight and organised. We created chances, sadly, we didn't take them. So we just need to repeat that, really. Uh, it also means Decore can play without the ball. He can come back and make a three, which matches up against their three in midfield. What you do about... The three up front, I don't know. And you've just got to, you've you've got to be disciplined. You've got to got to work really hard, and you've just got to go for them really. But it's good to see Kiko back in the side. For this to be a positive game for Watford, and I don't mean that in terms of points. What is it you have to see? Is it certain individuals perform, and who are they, or is it a, a general team ethic that we've 
maybe missed for a while? Well, I don't think we have missed it, to be honest with you. I think we've, the performances have been pretty good. We've been ahead in games. Uh, it, we, we were playing well at Old Trafford until a dodgy pen was given against us uh, and then an offside goal, apparently. I, don't, you know, I haven't looked at VAR. It was all over by then. But no, we've actually, our performance levels have been pretty high. We've been, we've been playing well and the luck hasn't been going for us in the way that it was going for us when we went on that good run. Uh, and so I think what, what would be, a, I mean, a clean sheet would be amazing because that would obviously mean one point uh, minimum. I think not getting battered is really important before going into the Palace game. If we come out of this with a 1-0 defeat or a 2-1 defeat where we've really played well and got stuck in and we've, you know, we've, we've managed to, uh, to, to, to build on previous performances, even though we might have lost, then I think that's a, that's a positive. We can take that forward into the game at Palace, which is, which is coming a must-win. Uh, they're, they're all must-win, aren't they now? But I think it would be good to see Saar get 90 minutes. Good to see if he can hit the ground running and really terrify some of those Liverpool defenders because when he's on song, I mean, he is pretty unplayable at times. He's so quick, but he's not only quick. When he gets in behind the fullback, he can get into the box. He can he can cross the ball. He's a, he's a player who who plays with his head up, unlike the chap on the other side of the pitch who very often plays just while looking at the ball, <laughs> not not look, not noticing that Deeney's unmarked in the box. And you know, could you pass me it to me, please, and let me score? So I think that Saar is is. I mean, it's hard to put all that pressure on a young lad who we haven't seen that much of, but. You know, we are doing that. We are we are slightly banking on him to, to to have a positive influence. We have missed him since he's been out. We'll see what he can do. What all the players can do uh, as Watford take on the almost unstoppable uh, Liverpool. But maybe, maybe, and I'm doing this before the game, everybody. Even though you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, we might get a result. You never know. You never, you never know, know, John. <laughs> Don't be the calm one, Colin. We don't want calm today, Colin. I, we, you said earlier today, and we did the bit before the, we did it to try and grab some enthusiasm, before some positivity game. before the game. I'm not lying to Colin. I, I, I left you going. No, we weren't that positive. There was that nagging doubt in the back of my mind that we were going. Nah, we're not going to really win this, are we? But Colin, 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 we have just beaten Liverpool three 0 I know we've done that before. But not this team. So I'm wearing the shirts from the first season in the Premier League when we beat Liverpool 3 0. <laughs> so that, that's really why that's why it happened, I think, because I wore this shirt. No. We didn't just beat them. No. We didn't just beat them. We absolutely battered them. As far as I know, they did not have a single shot on target. They did one. They had one, which was a sort of semi was a sort of a crossy come shot thing. And it's very hard to know um, what to say, really. It was such an extraordinary performance and one that really wasn't expected. And so many of the players that played in Watford shirts played one of the best games they've ever played. Expected, Colin. There's the, oh, 
Maybe he's been too calm, Colin. This is weird. I don't like it. Maybe you're you've, you've, you've uh, you're, you're channeling <laughs> your your mic with Jason. Unexpected. Ian Colin, I said. The first game at Anfield, we had our chances. We had chances today and they were taken. Last week at Manchester United, we had our chances. We did not take them. That's, is that just the difference? <laughs> I don't know. My voice, my voice tells me, <coughs> on cue, my voice tells me that it's unexpected. We, we'll talk about players later and we know there's some changes to the starting lineup. That's a big part of it. We had chances in the first half that, that we didn't take, but we were, as Colin said, we absolutely battered them. We were easily the better team out there. That was the, 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 the result itself, if you, if you didn't know who the teams were and you watched that, you would you'd just walk away thinking, yep, yeah, standard game, team in yellow were better, fully deserved the 3-0 win. And it's only the what's gone before for both us and for Liverpool and the, the league table that says that it, that it is unexpected I think it's one of those performances that we know with the team that we've got we've got in it we've got, we've got that performance in us we saw it against Villa and to some extent against Wolves we saw it at Bournemouth and we just happened to come up against Liverpool today who didn't know how to deal with it The changes Colin the Firmina and Zaha were the only changes it's literally is it is it those two that that well, made that massive difference. As I said before the before the game, if pushing their fullbacks back is key to stopping them from hurting you, and we didn't do it all the time because they they play the old 1950s <laughs> formation, which is two centre backs, three in midfield, and five forwards. I mean, Alexander Arnold and uh, Robertson are basically wingers, yeah. and Alexander Arnold stands in 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 a right wing position all the time in our half so you have to you have to that is their weakness because if you can get it in behind them you can hurt them and Saar who had a, a reasonable first half I think suddenly got it and he was really the difference obviously he got the two goals two of the goals but that the ability to get in behind them on the break our transitions today was so spectacularly good we let them have the ball they passed it sideways back and forth looking for openings and then when we got it bang it was gone. And there were players on the pitch who were willing to sprint after things that they were only 50% sure they might get on. And Saar was one of those. Decore was another. Uh, and, and on the other side, Delefeo uh, was another. Now, the thing that really impressed me, I want to say this before I forget to say it, the thing that really impressed me about this performance was 35 minutes in, uh, Jerry, get, who's been our best player, frankly, uh, gets a very bad injury and has to go off. And it takes about four or five minutes. Now, the thing that impressed me was that Instead of dropping our level, we lost losing your momentum and suddenly thinking, oh my God, it's now it's 38 minutes and we haven't played football for three minutes. And what they didn't do that. They they, they came got right back to the point where they were. Then it was half time, and I'm thinking, okay, nil nil. What do we nil, do? Nil, that's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. We've got a, a whole half, half of football without letting a goal into Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while, Colin. It has been a while. It's half the job is done. But I thought if they come out and they go right, we're going to retreat and we're going to get that kind of collective nervousness. But they didn't do that. They came out and they picked up exactly where they started. And Saar had a fantastic chance within a minute, and and we set the tone. And I think they were arrogant. I think they played in an arrogant way. It wasn't that they were just terrible today, but they were terrible. I mean, Mane was entirely. Invisible. Salah never really got on the ball. Firmino buzzed around, looked looked dangerous, but again didn't didn't get a chance, didn't create a chance, didn't make a chance. It wasn't. And I think they were a bit arrogant. I think they thought they could turn up, play the football they've been playing, uh, and, and 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 win, even if it's just one nil. You can see that I think in we look at uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Oxlade-Chamberlain. Uh, 
during the game, the way they were reacting to certain things, they were getting frustrated, getting a little bit stroppy, and that came across. I also think they didn't consider Saar almost in their game plan. They've, changed, they've taken Gomez out, brought Lovren in, and it's almost like they're worried about Dini. They're worried about Troy. They're just going to put the, Van Dyke's very good in the air. They got Lovren in there as well, just to just to try and be a bit solid, bully him a bit. You know, don't let him bully them. And that left, yeah. So Saar, obviously for the uh, for the goals where he sort of drifted, drifted inside, sort of running through the middle. They can't catch him. They haven't got the pace to deal with him. And it was a real surprise to them. And, and yeah, that's obviously cost them. Back to the Lovren thing. Very interesting. He he. Van Dyke couldn't get anywhere near Deeney. Deeney was sat on Lovren, and Lovren had a very very difficult afternoon. The three goals. The first one came from Decore keeping it going, battling right on the byline, um, oh, putting a ball through and, a, and a, almost a toe poke yeah. past uh, Allison in the goal for the first goal. The second goal... Can I say about the first goal? Yeah. There's a brilliant thing that Troy does. Troy, can I just say before we get onto individuals, Troy is a legend. <laughs> he is a Watford legend. We know that purely, already, Colin. Purely based on... He should be in the Premier League Hall of Fame. I think he will get in the Premier League Hall of Fame at some point, but... He's definitely already in the Watford Hall of Fame. And, and, and just for this, only if only for the performance he put in today, because he was legendary. But first goal, ball comes over from a throw-in, I think it is. And it, you know, because they always get it to Dini on a throw-in, it bounces before him. And instead of jumping and trying to get it, he makes the jump with Lovren behind him and he doesn't jump. And the ball goes over his head. Decore catches it on his chest, where they're not expecting him to be, turns, crosses it. And Saar, who is a right winger, is now really kind of in the central part of the goal, has got between two defenders, and it is a simple tap-in. But simple tap-ins, a bit like watching Igalo's goal on uh, Thursday night, you've got to be there. You've got to have forced your way through defenders who are normally twice your size and get your toe on it, and he did it. And it was just a genius bit of football. And it started with Deeney's dummy. The second goal, if I'm really honest, I didn't see what happened just before. What happened just before it? Did they give give the ball? I think they they had thought, did they lose the ball? Colin, what happened? So Will Hughes kept the ball in somehow. He was being had two men on him and it was going out, it was looked like this is going out for a throw-in. And he, he managed to keep keep it on the line and he flipped it to Deeney. And you think, well, it's going to go out. And Deeney managed to keep it in while there's three men sort of hassling him physically. And then he just ping, he just he goes, there you go. <laughs> and Sar's gone. And he's yeah, he's, he's long gone. gone. Long but gone. he then has to face the man mountain. <laughs> that is Alisson, who is probably the best keeper in the world. At the moment, I would say he's a brilliant goalkeeper. He comes half out. He looks. I mean, I was watching the run from Saar, and I thought, my God, he's twice. He looks so enormous. <laughs> he's never going to chip him. You can't chip him, and he chips him, and he does it in such a beautifully elegant, uh, relaxed way. And by then, Saar obviously had scored the goal, so his confidence was up, and he knew he had the beating of Robertson for pace, and and he just, yeah, it was genius. He could have had a third, but before that final, uh, we'll, we'll, we won't talk about it because it never happened, but the last goal uh, for Watford, the third goal, the third goal Watford scored against Liverpool, um, was Troy being, Jason, a just confident striker, which we haven't seen in terms of playing like that from being outside box and just less of a strike. Not, not as much. Um, and, and I'm going to start, we're going to talk about Troy, We've got no Mike here today, so I'm going to do the mic roll. Troy disappointed me a little bit <laughs> earlier on in the game because he got caught offside quite a few yeah. times, which, which is a bit frustrating because as, as a striker, you think, just, just look along the line, they, they're catching you. Right, now be aware, they're going to try and catch your side. And he kept getting caught offside. It was a little bit frustrating, but yeah, it was 
and it was Sar involved in the goal again. So as well as the two goals, he got the assist. Um, and again, I'm, I'm almost not sure what happened because it's almost like the ball. I was expecting Allison to just pick the ball up, and Sar's come from nowhere, got the ball, and he's not panicked as well. So he's not panicked. He's not gone. Oh, I need to get a shot away. Tight angle. We thought, okay, no, can't do that. Turn around. Simple boy, ball to Troy. Troy still got a bit of words to do. There's about three defenders. I think he's got to place it past. Yep, yeah, and and Allison. <laughs> yep, man, Mountain Allison. Um, and so he hasn't got a massive window to uh, to aim at, but he's put it right in the corner. I think I don't know if it was Alexander Arnold or someone sort of closest to the goals. Sort of dived across in vain to try and get his head on it. Missed it. Bang. Goal. Three nil. Good night. Good night. There was still a long way to go in that game, Colin. And I said, to, I said next to Jason's dad, I said to him, yeah, well, I'm not quite sure how Liverpool are going to react. In my head, they've got this great, strong mentality and they'll hold it together uh, and they won't get frustrated. They did get frustrated. That was very clear, particularly with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, but it was that Watford in that last 10 minutes. You know, what, what was the minute you think you went, it's fine, we've got this? Um, I was 85. About 85, yeah. I, I thought that their substitutions did not improve them and I think that when you bring on players when you're behind you're looking for them to to carry more threat and improve them they brought on Origi um, I can't remember who the other they brought on Lallana I didn't even notice Lallana on the pitch to be honest with you I mean there was a lot of absenteeism from uh, from the Liverpool players Van Dijk had areas as calm but he didn't do his job because he didn't get hold of Deeney he let Lovren deal with Deeney and that was a mistake that's a mistake because when we played at Anfield, uh, he tried to get away from Van Dijk, Deeney, and he couldn't. And he can't do, he can't win those balls against Van Dijk. He cannot. But against Lovren, he won pretty much 100% of the high balls into him. Uh, the flick-ons didn't always end up at a Watford foot, but he just made Lovren's life hell. And Van Dijk's responsibility was to get over that. They'll probably be saying this on the Liverpool podcast. <laughs> was to get over there and take Deeney off him. And he didn't do it. And that was a mistake. And again, I think that comes down to, he'll be all right with him. Send Deeney. You know, and he wasn't. They brought players on, and they uh, and they didn't improve. So they and they did get. They just got looked tired. They started to get more and more tired, and they were they were they were still going. And you still think they can score three goals really quickly <laughs> if they get one. Salah gets a, a wonder goal. They can. You know, the stakes will go up. But we kept a clean sheet, and that's all I wanted before before the game. John. It was just a clean sheet. I mean, I don't mind about the result. I just want a clean sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about um, sort of when you when you're feeling nervous in that last ten minutes, I had the. Uh, the home game against Cardiff in my mind when we let we were 3-0 up and letting two quick goals and it was all looking a bit nervy I was thinking I know it, it's, it's there it, it could happen but, but thankfully yeah, we looked we were very solid and as we said earlier that, what, one shot on target from Liverpool we were, we were superb defensively as we were with attacking threat It was a team performance we've talked about it as a, as a performance at Watford them, but it, we, you know, we can't help but talk about the individuals I had a feeling we have to talk about 11 players here but well, we've talked about Zara already we've talked about how his impact his speed and his movement and you know, especially after his first goal, the, you know the pure energy that he was giving to that whole performance. Um, Kiko as well uh, was uh, you know in in behind him, and we know, especially from Adam's piece uh, on the Athletic about how important that partnership is. But Kiko was Kiko, but was defending Kiko. Yeah, and that's the thing that Pearson's done to him. He's got hold of him. He knows that he's a good player. He started out at Barcelona, is that right? In the in the in the academy as a right winger. And then he became a kind of wing back, and now he is a fullback. He's a Premier League fullback, and that is his job. He's got one job, and Pearson has really turned that play around because there was a period, really, at the beginning of the season or even at the end of the last season, you think, what's Kiko for? 
where's he going to play? You know, who is he? Why have we, um, you know, he obviously got ability, but and, and Pearson said, right, you are a fullback. So play as a fullback, a, a, a defend the, the wide man, shut him down, win the ball, knock it into the midfield to a player, and then sit. Don't run up the pitch, you know, don't get involved in all of that. You sit and you defend, and that's what he can do. And he did it. We've missed him, and I didn't realise quite how much we've missed him until today. The uh, defence, Jason, uh, Cathcart doing his thing, Capitelli doing his thing, Messina doing the thing that we've learnt from him over the last couple of months, but just a solid performance from the. From the well, it, has to, it has to be when you don't let a goal in against Liverpool. And, and the midfield as well, the midfield played their part. So it. it I guess it's, it's how we've seen Pearson set the team up. We will press high. If we don't get anything out of that, we tend to then sort of drop yeah. deep quickly. We, we don't worry about possession in the midfield. We then get bodies back in the, sort of around the 18-yard line. And it's really hard for, for the, the, the attacking players then to find space to do what they need to do. So you end up with the likes of, as we saw today, Virgil van Dijk skying them from, uh, from 30 yards out because they've got no other options. And, and yeah, again, another reason why... We've kept a clean sheet today. The, the only one, we said we probably need to talk about 11 great performances. Fozzy, we probably don't need to talk about so much. We didn't have as much to do. He disappointed me today, Foster. I was Ooh. disappointed in his performance. Because he had nothing to do. <laughs> he, did, he did. To be fair, there, there were a few times where he had to come for crosses um, and he did that well enough. So, yeah, well, well done. Well done, Fozzy. And he, and he wasted time a little bit as well. Because, yeah, well he wasted well. enough time. <laughs> No, I'm joking. A six out of ten from Colin. That, that, that five at the back, the, the, uh, if we can keep that five together. I thought Adam Messina had a pretty indifferent first half. He, he dwelled on the ball a little bit at times and gave it away and, kicked and, and took a miraculous throw in, which never came on the pitch. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, but the second half, I think he got a bit more confidence in his, in his game and he started to look, look the player that we've been watching over the past few weeks. So he was terrific. You, I mean, the midfield, for me, well, for me, there was a standout player on the pitch during the whole game. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The midfield three you're talking about, are you going Kapu, are you going Will, or are you going with Decore? Because this is going to be a tough choice because three great performances. Well, I would say they were, they were all great. Yeah. I thought there was one player on the pitch who was head and shoulders above any other player on the pitch, and that man was Etienne Kapu. Yeah. <laughs> he was calm. He looked like a Champions League winning midfielder. An international midfielder. He's not either of those things, really, but he looked like it. And we, when when you see Capu play that well, it's 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 just unbelievable. The the joy of watching a man like that in a Watford shirt. And and Will Hughes played brilliantly off him, again in the kind of Barami role, snuffing out fires and running around and making a nuisance of himself. Capu sat. He was imperious, like an emperor on a throne. <laughs> <laughs> and he dictated play. He 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 was talking to the other players. Decore did drop deeper at times, but he was very willing as soon as we got the ball to absolutely hair forward so that we could have four men up there, not just three or one. And so, but I just think that if you really analyse that game, you see the, the difference, and we've talked about it before, the first half, people might say, we weren't great in the first half, and we missed all of it. We had, Decore had a chance, and Delefeu had a chance, and we, we didn't, and Dini had a good chance at the end, he didn't take any of them, and we were a bit, but actually, Again, this is what Pearson does. Win the battle in midfield. If you win in the midfield in the first half, you give yourself the right to win the match. Because the midfielders, 
Uh, they really missed Henderson, I thought. They really missed him. Oxlade Chamberlain didn't really do much. You know, Fabinho was all over the place. And we've managed to, 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 to get on top of them in the midfield. And that's why we were able to spray the ball around and get on the break. And because they started to get frustrated and push too many, they took too many risks. And we were able to exploit that. And the man that was the, the conductor of that, apart from Nigel, obviously, and, and Cray, was Etienne Capoue. And, and I think he just seems, it's like he's still improving. He's 32 years old. He's, he's becoming an even better player. Doesn't do it every week, of course, because you can't keep your level up that, to, to that extent. But today, he was the architect of that victory, I think. Absolutely. And there were moments, though, near the end of the game where he was running and running and sprinting oh. and sprinting from one side to the other. And at one point, I saw, I saw, ah... Uh, Chalabar's coming on. Oh, he's running around a bit. Get the last bit of energy. He didn't. And he kept going. And he kept chasing those balls down. But he, he had his this, this new new Will Hughes that we're, we're loving. Yeah, and, and it was, we got what we, what we expect from Will, that sort of terrier-like scampering around the, uh, the midfield, um, getting about the pitch. Uh, and what, what was good, what, what worries me about Will Hughes is he does give quite a few free kicks away. And he gets drawn into little niggly stuff. And I've already mentioned about Oxley chamberlain being, getting a bit frustrated. And there was always that sort of doubt in the back of my mind whether you've got him in there, you've got sort of Firmino was finding pockets of space, like Colin was saying. And there was always a worry that Hughes was going to get sucked into battles there and give silly free kicks away. But he didn't. He had a, uh, a much more sort of calmer head on his shoulders today, I think, so, as well as the... Uh, Sort of that low centre of gravity, the tricky feet, the uh, sort of getting stuck into tackles, the hassling, the harrying. We got, a, I guess, a slightly more mature performance from Will Hughes today. The one man who I think had a great start to the game, uh, had, was chasing, was running, was doing his, his thing, yes, slowing it down, not running at the defence. Unfortunately, off after 35 minutes, Jerry Delafeu um, looked nasty. Uh, as my friend Dylan said on a text message to me, it looks gnarly. Um, that's, he's from California. I think that means really bad. Uh, will we see him in Watfordshire again this season? Probably not. Um, it looked like he got his leg caught underneath him uh, and it sort of twisted round. Sad to see him go. I thought the minute Pereira came on Colin, I thought, oh, Colin's not going to like that. No. He's going to want Welbeck on. I did want Welbeck on because I think he's got power and pace. Uh, and Pereira is, is a very fine footballer, of course he is, but he, he's, uh, in recent times he's not really been the man you'd like to have next to you in the trenches. But actually today I thought he did all right. Um, I thought he, he understood what his job was. His job was you're going to have to work a bit harder, you're going to have to put your body on the line, you're going to have to fight for your teammates. You cannot be a luxury player standing out there on the left wing going, where's the ball, when am I going to get the ball? <laughs> and actually I thought he, he even headed the ball. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, I mean, obviously he's a great person to have on the bench. I would have personally preferred to see to see Welbeck, but maybe Welbeck's not ready to play 60 minutes, and you don't want to bring on a substitute and then have to take him off again. But I, I like, I want to see. I'm just, I'm impatient to see Welbeck fit and playing because I know how we know how good he is. We've seen it in the past. Whether he can get back to that, I don't know. But but Pereira did, did fine, and but it was it, it's it, it's heartbreaking in a way that Jerry has got this injury. It's it's it, it's it might be the last time we see him in a Watfordshire. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But it, it was it was a sh it was a real shame. It will affect us in the next ten games. But this victory surely will have such a positive effect on the camp. If you can beat a team that's gone unbeaten for this long, then you know you're going to go to Palace, not complacent, but feeling like we do that again, boys, all of us together. Let's hope so. 
No, it's back to back to Pereira. No, it's just he went off the pitch at the end. Pearson grabbed hold of him. I think he did the old sort of two hands on his shoulders, just talking to him, chatting to him. And you can only assume that's fantastic, Roberto. Brilliant job. You did what I wanted you to do. Do it again for the rest of the season. <laughs> Time, Jason and I caught up with Helen Ward, the Watford ladies captain and the recently patron for the Proud Hornets uh, to find out about how the season's going for Watford ladies and how the last 11 games are going to go. <laughs> Helen, uh, last time we spoke to you, Watford were flying high in the division and it, it's still happening. Um, yeah, we haven't really had many or any more league games, I'm not sure, oh, since yeah. we spoke to you. Um, but yeah, we're still... You know, our record is still the same in the league. We've just had the one one defeat and one draw. Um, Crawley have, have taken a few points recently where we haven't had games. So they've gone, I think, nine points clear, but we've got those three games in hand So, and still yet to play them again. So, um, yeah, we're still in a good position. Um, it's just been unfortunate with the weather and storms, Kira, Dennis and whoever else has been uh, coming our way. They've, they've put paid to much football. But, no, it's um, we're still right in it and excited to hopefully get going again soon is it, is it purely a two-horse race or do you think there's other sides that might come into contention it looks to be a two-horse race but of course if if any of the teams sort of in third or fourth get results against the likes of us or Crawley then that that brings them right back into it and, and there are teams capable of doing that you know the likes of Yeovil Cardiff Oxford who maybe didn't start the seasons as well they, they still have very good players Portsmouth have only played seven games I think because of their pitch troubles and they're another side that, that could cause problems for anyone in the division. So, yeah, although at the moment it looks like we're kind of stretching a bit clear of the others, um, I don't think we can assume that that's going to be the case for too much longer. Because you know, for weeks, you know, you went without a game until last week. Was that a good thing, you know, to not, to not play for a while? Or, you know, Watford had their week off uh, and everyone thinks, you know, when there's a week off, is that a good thing, a bad thing, depends on how you're doing. You were doing well, was it... A hindrance or just, or just annoying? Um, probably a little bit of everything. I think there were probably one or two little niggles that got cleared up in that time. We've had a couple of players that have had longer-term injuries that have been able to get themselves right back in contention to to be part of the squad and the starting lineup. So in that sense, it's, it's a good thing that they've missed fewer games than perhaps they would. Um, for us, though, our last game before Sunday was a defeat in the FA Cup up in Sunderland, and we were disappointed not only with the result, but also the performance so to then have four games after that to sort of dwell on it and you know training sessions sometimes weren't weren't always at their best because we were still frustrated with the result and we knew that games were getting called off so it was nice to get on the pitch again last Sunday um, after such a long time and, and having to react to you know what is only our second defeat this season it was nice to sort of put that to bed and, and get back on the on into winning ways albeit in another cup game it, it was good to get back out there oh, but the fact is though the ladies team train at London Colney in the dome is that a big advantage because you get to train more often than some, maybe some of the other teams in your uh, division yeah so we we're at the training ground three times a week two of those are pitch sessions as you said in the dome and one of them's in the in the gym which is the first team gym which is obviously full of weird and wonderful equipment that is all hopefully used to our our advantage and yeah we're, we are very lucky that we've got such good facilities and a club that supports us and allows us to use it and also it's um, you know been an indoor pitch it's a full-size pitch I think it's the same as the pitch out there in Vicarage Road um, 
so it's a massive pitch um, but it doesn't suffer from the weather so that you know we can train no matter what the weather is it doesn't affect our training sessions so that's a big thing because had we been outdoors there could have been quite a few sessions that weren't weren't able to go ahead um, but that wasn't the case so for us we've worked hard in these four weeks and tried to maintain and improve fitness so although it was frustrating we, we feel like we've done the best with it that we can um, and definitely our training facilities have helped that. You made it through to the semi-final of the plate competition as well first of all what teams enter that what type of competition is that? It's a bit of a strange competition it's essentially a losers competition because we only found ourselves in it because we lost the determining round of the league cup um, so in that first round, any team that let, that lost then go into the plate and then it obviously becomes a knockout beyond that. But we're in it and, you know, once you're in a competition, it's a cliche, you're in it to win it. Sometimes the games have been a bit of a, an annoyance, if you like, because we would have liked to have got on with league games on the weekends that we have had. But as I said, once we're, once we're out on that pitch, we want to win any game that we play in. And, and I think that showed last week against Chichester in the quarterfinal we just wanted to get out there and win the game and we put in what I thought was a very good performance considering the lack of game time we've had um, to come out 4-0 winners really comfortable I think they had one shot which was over the bar um, so it was good from a, a defensive point of view but also to get four goals as a team was, was good to move on Who have you got in the semi-final? Uh, we have Middlesbrough away which is a, a lovely local trip for us uh, <laughs> to head up to the northeast. it was meant to be going ahead tomorrow but again I think it's Storm George this time or Jorge or whatever he's called <laughs> Spanish George he's made that uh, a game that's not going to go ahead so yeah we'll, that'll be next weekend instead now and you're surely very positive about it Do, is it in terms of going up is it just the top one or the top two it's the top team, assuming that you meet the criteria that the FA require for you to then go into the championship. So I know that all the the people higher up than me at the club, uh, the likes of Grace, the GM, um, Neil at the Trust and also Rich Walker, they've been really busy over recent weeks preparing and submitting a, an application and they've been up at Wembley I think last week or the week before to, to present our case. Um, they all seem quite confident about that but of course it won't mean anything if we don't continue doing what we do on the pitch. So I think if the top team's bid isn't successful then they look at the second place but if they aren't successful, then it doesn't go any further. You can't just keep going down the line. So you have to finish top two to have any kind of chance of being in the championship. But for us, we're looking no further than finishing top. And hopefully, you know, as I said, the work's been done behind the scenes for us to go up next season. And the championship goes on to the Premier League? Yeah, so the, the WSL, which is obviously the equivalent of the Premier League, it's very much linked to the championship. They're kind of the two divisions that are linked a lot closer. Um, so, yeah, the, the aim is I think there's something that suggests that as a club we want to be getting up there at some point in the not too distant future but of course we have to take each step as it comes and you know every challenge that comes in front of us we have to overcome before we can even think about that kind of thing um, but yeah we, we want to get this club back up to to where it used to be and, and where I feel it belongs. We're at half time against against Liverpool Joe Dallafay went off with what looked like a, a, a nasty knee injury what's that like as a player you know you played at the highest levels of of women's football what's that like as a player when an injury like that happens either you, know, you being a player on the pitch but maybe being one of your teammates it's obviously devastating to see any kind of injury but one that looks potentially serious you know not only does it harm the team's chances of winning the game and, and obviously games in in the near future but as a teammate and a friend I'm sure the boys out there are gutted for him sometimes it can go either way you could either you know go in your shell a little bit and it can play on your mind and you maybe don't go into tackles quite as hard as you would have done having not seen an injury but at the same time you could flip it and say right we do this for Jerry now we we get on and we get the points out of this game that we need um, and I think the response in that last five ten minutes was pretty good uh, 
choice just had a chance at the end that perhaps could have gone in and I think we've wrestled them more than perhaps some would expect and hopefully they can come out in the second half and produce a similar performance but <laughs> you never know these days <laughs> Missed him, unfortunately, but this seeing you around applause. Had Helgerson back in the back in the house for a, a, a man of your age, Colin. Here we go. Do you do you see him as one of those special players? Like because he because for me he wasn't part of my childhood of Watford fans of watching. He was my teens, my late teens. So I didn't have that sort of thing I have for John Barnes, but. He was a very special player when he turned up first time round. He, he was. I mean, he, he was our record signing, I, I believe. Big, brawny, Icelandic lad turns up on the pitch. You think, oh, yeah, no, have a bit of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was, he, was, he was great for us and he loves the club. And whenever he talks about his career, he always talks about Watford and what it meant to him and what Graham meant to him. And, and he put in some, some brilliant performances. At the time, you know, things were a lot, was a lot more difficult. And he was just one of those, those players that you, you felt you could really rely on. And you were always happy to see him on the pitch doing his thing. He was a big, tough player, won a lot of aerial ball, could finish, was, had pace. I mean, he was, he, was, he was a really good player. Apart from falling off a, uh, or not quite getting over, uh, advertising hoarding, Jace, what's your favourite hide moments? I, I, there's a couple of goals that stand out. There's the, uh, his debut, I think, was at home to Liverpool, funnily enough, wasn't it, in that Premier League season, and he scored with a header, I remember it well. And that just sort of gave us a glimmer of hope at that time, I think. And another goal, Stoke away, the, a goal that saved us. Uh, it was when Boothroyd had just joined, and, he, and it's not so much the goal that he scored but the fact I do remember getting very excited so excited that I think my keys jumped out of my pocket and if the lady behind me hadn't picked them up I wouldn't have been able to get home <laughs> so that was a good Hyder moment what I did love about Hyder was um, there are a couple of moves that he used to do uh, if you're a, an, op an opposing goalie you don't want to see Hyder herring at you if the ball's in the air it means he's about to, about to clean you out and plant a header probably in the back of the net when the ball's on the floor, he tended to ignore it. He'd still run at the goalies. And what he, tended, he did this thing where he'd sort of be running off the ball and then he sort of curved slightly into the keeper, trying to win a penalty. And I'm sure he did win a few in that way. I always remember that. That always used to make me giggle inside. <laughs> so we go off to Crystal Palace, a place we've had fairly good times there. They got a 1-0 win away at Brighton today. We know they can do things. They're not on a high they're mid-table, they're not coasting, but they're going there. This is a, a Watford team, a fully fit Watford team, bar Daryl and Matt, who can easily, I think, go there and, you know, as Jason always says, win your home games, draw your away games, you'll do pretty well. Uh, and that's, you know, this isn't... OK, does this game feel as important as you sort of said early today, Colin, against Crystal Palace like it was a must must well, must win I, 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 one of the phrases in football that I absolutely loathe <laughs> is when, well, here it comes and, here, and this is what people are going to say this result will mean nothing if we lose at Crystal Palace yeah. that is nonsense yes. we have beaten Liverpool we have three more points this is it's not like and the other phrase I loathe as well is that every <laughs> every every game when you're in a relegation every game's a cup final Every game is a cup final. I don't. I don't believe in that because the last time we went to a cup final, we lost six 0 So I don't. I don't. What don't I. What I think it is, and I might. I may come up with a new footballing cliche, but um, 
What I think it is is that every game is a one-game season. So that's how you approach it. You so we're top of the league at the moment. So you can call it a cup <laughs> final if you like, but what it is is every single game has equal importance because there are three points on offer and we need to get to 36, 38 points and are currently on 27. So three wins, 36 points. So this game against a team that isn't scoring, and they got one goal today and it was, it was a bit of a... It wasn't a great... I watched it, most of it. It wasn't a great game. Uh, Brighton can't score either. But, uh, but they're, quite, they're quite good at the back. I mean, they're quite well organised. But I think that it's certainly not as strenuous a task to play Palace as it is to play Liverpool. So if we can, if we can play at the level that we play today, we, sh we will give ourselves a really good chance. And the fact that Saar comes back after, what is it, five weeks uh, and puts in a second-half performance of the quality we just saw, I mean, that should terrify them and also there's a there was a spitting incident today at Palace uh, one of the substitutes kicked the ball back into play and it kicked it basically kicked it at Zaha to wind him up which of course he was then wound up and he spat at him and it was clearly on television you could see it ref missed it didn't VAR it but I've got a funny feeling there may be a retrospective ban on that and and that of course you know if, if they lose their most dynamic player that that will help us even if it doesn't happen I feel so much more confident going into that game also it's, it's quite a lot of rivalry in that game there's yeah. not a lot of love between the two sets of players all the fans because of all the massive games we played against each other cup game here the playoff final the cup semi-final there's been you know and, and, and they don't like Deeney <laughs> because he scores winners against them and as you say we've had some good results they've got a couple of 2-1 the cleverly last minute winner yeah. the Deeney winner and then we had the, the one where they got we got cleverly sent off and they scored two goals in the last 10 minutes and, and beat us so it, it's, it's a game that's always got a bit of something about it and it's particularly if Zaha's on the pitch because Watford fans really like to get at him and it always works he always gets wound up so I, I feel much more confident about our, our our chances of getting something from that game than I than I would have done if the result here had been reversed and they had won 3-0 Thank you very much for listening from the Rooker end uh, and remember if you uh, would like to continue to get our podcasts, we will still be free from all the normal podcast places. If you want to get it without any adverts, please subscribe to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end, where you'll get a 40% discount as well. Uh, it is a fantastic new platform for reading about sport, for listening about sport. We're part of it, and it was very great to be part of it. You get our new Thursday podcast. They come out late on a Thursday, uh, where I preview the the weekend's game with Adam Leventhal, their Watford correspondent. And you can also read all the much more deeper dives that you get with The Athletic uh, across the Premier League, across the world, uh, particularly if you're into NFL, NBA and the Major League Baseball, which is about to kick off. So thank you very much for listening to us. It's been a fantastic night, a fantastic night here at Vicarage Road. By the way, we've just beaten the best club in the world. <laughs> Do you remember when you used to play like at, at college and there was like a ping pong table or a pool table and you had a league? And if you beat, you always played the one above you and you beat them, you swapped over. We could be top of the league if we had that rationale. They, they, won, they won the Champions League. They then went and won the Club World Championship. They are the best club in the world and we have just battered them 3-0. But it's 3-2 in aggregate. <laughs> Barcelona couldn't beat them in aggregate. We could. Come on, you all!